Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Danny Greaves. Danny is a life coach, trainer, speaker, and hypnotherapist who uses cutting-edge psychological techniques to help you change the way you think and the way you feel. Welcome, Danny. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Really inspired to be on. Well, I love this topic, Six Steps to Self-Confidence. But before we jump into it, share a little bit about your background with the listeners. Yeah, of course. My background actually comes from healthcare. So originally, I was a physiotherapist. And my main interest in being a physio is I kind of love to geek out on things to do with the brain and the nervous system. So I qualified back as a physio about 15 years ago. And that side of things was always going pretty well. But on more of a personal level, although I had great family and friends, I used to struggle quite a bit with anxiety, with sort of like a negative body image, and I really struggled to express myself. And after a few nudges and a little bit of courage, I finally reached out to get some help. And my life transformed in a very short space of time through coaching. And pretty instantly, I decided, okay, this this is for me. This is what I need to do. So I trained up and I've been doing that ever since. Oh, excellent. I love the, your life's mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, um, for those that don't know, what exactly is a physiotherapist? So a physiotherapist is someone who essentially helps people to move better and reduce pain. My early studies were, as a physio, really helping people to overcome physical pain. And then I evolved when I moved into coaching to help people with more emotional or psychological pain. So my background is steeped in pain, you might say. <laughs> yeah, physical and mental and emotional. <laughs> yes. So, And I love that you study the human mind and behavior. I love that as well. Any kind of neuroscience stuff I can get my, my hands on, I do. Um, so I'm very curious, what are the six steps to self-confidence in relation to this? When I was thinking about self-confidence, what I wanted to do was actually make it more predictable. So create somewhat of a system or to make it more reliable for people to build their confidence. Because what I did notice is that some people will really intensely work in one area and that will help them feel more confident. So maybe fitness and other people will really go into personal development and that will help them build their confidence. So I wanted to create something that was more holistic mm. and that could help anyone regardless of what their area of expertise is. So the six steps of self-confidence are exercise, personal development, meditation, journaling, planning and prioritization, and learning and study. So those are the sort of the, the six topics in a nutshell. Oh, well, let's, uh, let's jump into it. Where do you want to take us first? I'll go through order, I think. And the first one that I put in, and this is one that I've had challenges with over the years, so I know a lot of listeners may resonate with this on some level. In terms of exercise, it's often something that we think we should do, but sometimes it's a challenge to actually do it. 
And it's the same with all of the six steps. And the one thing that I found ties all of the six steps together is what I call the secret ingredient. And your secret ingredient will be completely unique to you. And it's essentially the thing or the things, it's usually one or two, that give you the most meaning in life. So the things that light you up, the things that you love doing, the things that no one has to remind you to do. And that's what I call your secret ingredient. And when you know what your secret ingredient is, you can channel all of the six steps to help focus towards your secret ingredient and it makes all of the steps easier. So when we think about exercise, there's loads of research to share to say why it's good and how effective it is, but that doesn't really equate to everybody doing it. Whereas if you can find out what your secret ingredient is, what your your love is, your highest value, and you can ask how will exercise help me achieve more in the thing that I love, then all of a sudden exercise becomes a tool and not something you dread doing. Yeah. Well, and I know I know I got a lot of confidence in myself through uh, tennis, right? And being an athlete. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And when it's fun, it helps as well, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. So I love that. Things that light you up, which, you know, get into a sport that we like, right? Or, or whatever. I love that. Light you up. <laughs> Yeah, and it'll be that's the nice thing for me is that it'll be different for everyone. Yeah. So anyone can be confident. It's just about finding the thing that you love. Yeah. And your life will already demonstrate it. So although you sometimes might not be clear on it, if you have a look at your life and see actually what do you dedicate your time to, then it'll the answer will be there somewhere. Yeah. And I can see how exercise can brings uh, brings more body awareness. And what's the yes. link with that uh with self-confidence? When we think about body image, you can have expertise in maybe a technical field or you could have expertise in a psychological field. You could have expertise anywhere. But at the end of the day, when you stand in front of the mirror and you look at yourself, the question is, how do you feel about that? And exercise is just one of the ways that we can make that job of looking in the mirror that little bit more enjoyable. So it doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be grueling. It's just something to help keep you in shape because when your physical body is in shape, everything else is a little bit easier to do. Yeah. Nice. Well, which kind of leads us into personal development. So this is definitely my favorite of the steps. So everyone will have one area that kind of uh, speaks to them a little bit more. But for me, it's personal development. And personal development means a lot of different things to a lot of people. But for me, it's all about going back through those events that you thought were challenging, that were painful, that were difficult, and turning the pain into a lesson. Mm. When we can turn those challenging experiences into lessons that we can move forwards with, then that helps us develop and move forwards at a, a really remarkable rate. And one of the things that I recommend people do as just sort of a, a first step into this is you can get like a, a normal piece of paper and just draw a line across the middle of it. And we'll use this as your timeline. So you put zero on one, your current age on the other. And then just divide it up into maybe five-year segments. 
And then you can go back through the five-year segments in your life and you can just put a little X on the timeline where there was an event that you thought was a challenge, something that was difficult for you. Once you've got your timeline all mapped out, then you can go through each one individually and just ask, how did it benefit me? What did I learn from it? What were the advantages of that experience? How did it help me to grow? How did it push me to evolve? How did it help me become more responsible? And when we ask those questions to those events that we found challenging, quite soon we can see that our life is a lesson. And that helps us to feel confident. It helps us to feel certain. And it helps us to believe that we can get what we want. I love that. Essentially a growth mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. If we could sum it up in two words, that's exactly it. Yes. <laughs> that's that's where we want to live our lives is in that growth mindset, which I love. I love. I lo- that's my favorite one too. Personal development. <laughs> nice, Obviously. Then. This is what the podcast is all about. Exactly. <laughs> so then this kind of, this goes into meditation. It's another mindset thing. So what about, what about this one? So as a hypnotherapist, I put meditation and hypnotherapy together. I mean, they're both ways of changing your mental state, but I think more people connect to the idea of meditation because it's become so popular over the last one to two decades. And there's lots of different types of meditation. So I think this is another one of the wonderful things about it. It's about finding what works for you. Some people like to say a mantra, other people like a guided meditation. So there's so many different types, but essentially what we're looking for is for you to find a tool that in 10 to 15 minutes can change your state because we're all going to have difficulties. We're all going to have challenges. And it's about asking yourself, what is your emotional toolkit? What can you reach to to help you feel a little bit better? And meditation is just one of the simplest and most effective ways to do it. And what I did find, and this is sort of a little tactic for people to use, is often if you're struggling with confidence, you'll notice that there'll be quite a a negative voice, you know, that inner critic, if you like. What you can do is you can find a guided meditation that you really enjoy, something that you really connect to. And it takes a little bit of work, but what you can do is then literally transcribe the guided meditation. So literally write down everything in the meditation. So you've almost got a script and then record yourself saying the meditation. So you almost create your own recorded meditation. And the benefits of this is that you actually get used to listening to yourself, speaking kindly to yourself. Mm. So it starts to change that negative internal dialogue just by exposing you to some kinder words, some more positive affirmations, and something that you know you connect to. So it's a really handy tool for starting to change that negative critic if you've got one. I like that, uh, doing it in your own voice too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is how I sound when I'm relaxed. Yeah. And that's and starts to to permeate outwards. Relaxed and confident. You can like, yeah, in what is it? Step into character of confident me. And then uh, you're, you hear that and then it just it goes into your subconscious and maybe helps rewrite some of those neural pathways. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And the more we do it, as you mentioned, the more we train those neural pathways. So we actually start to get kind self-talk to be a habit. Yeah. And then all sorts of things can start changing. Nice. Okay. So then we go into journaling. 
Yes, I was uh, late to the party when it comes to journaling. For a long time, I just thought, oh, I, <laughs> I just don't have any interest in writing my problems down. I've got enough problems as it is. I really don't want to write about them. And it was really when I found the distinction between keeping a diary, which is where maybe you may record your thoughts and your problems, and then using a journal in a strategic way to actually, again, change your state. So what I would invite your listeners to do is use this little journaling tool that I use every single day. And it takes about five minutes. So get a nice journal, something that you enjoy opening. So it makes the initial part of the experience fun and enjoyable. So I've got a lovely brown leather journal that I've had for for quite a while now. And each day, ask yourself, first of all, in the last 24 hours, who has supported me and that I can show gratitude for? So the first element is finding how has someone supported you in some way and sharing an appreciation for it. Once you've done that, we go on to the next part, which is then in the last 24 hours, who has challenged me and how can I be grateful for that? So that's then going into how did the challenge serve you? How did it help you to grow? So it's applying that growth mindset, as you so aptly described it, to a challenge. And what happens then is you get into the habit of seeing support as being wonderful and challenges as being growth opportunities. So everything then starts to feel more positive. So we've got something that supported you, something that challenged you. And then the third one is just free reign, just something that you can share an appreciation for. And when we do each of these, we start to train ourselves to see everything as an opportunity. Yeah, I love this. All of this feeds into essentially rewiring the brain. Exactly. Yeah. You can tell where I used to geek out, can't you? Yes, I geek out too. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go into the next one, which is planning, right? Yes. And planning sometimes is something that puts us off and it can be quite difficult and a lot of this comes down to goal setting and some people just refuse to set goals because they think they don't work for them but actually very very commonly it's because we're not setting effective goals yeah what we often do is set fantasies which are either unattainable or haven't been strategically planned out and so when we start to meet some obstacles we give up quite quickly When we think about strategic planning, so it's a little bit like the journaling in terms of we're we're using it in a strategic way, it's using what we call the moonwalk process. So starting at the end, so starting when you've achieved your goal and then writing the steps all the way back to where you are today. You probably won't know them all, but you'll have a good idea at what are the main points in the main sections. And once you've done the moonwalk, so you've guided it all the way back to the beginning, then you can ask yourself, what will the positives and the advantages be of going after this goal? And then what will the pains and what will the cost be? And the beauty of this is when you go after a goal, knowing all of the positives and all of the negatives, nothing's a surprise. So you don't get put off by obstacles. You don't get disheartened by setbacks. And then you'll find that you're much, much more effective at following through on your goals. 
So when we add a bit of planning in and we do it optimally or we do it efficiently, then it's a really wonderful way to build confidence because there's nothing better than ticking off achievements to help you feel more confident. Yeah, I love that. Now, for those listeners, are you Gen X with me? I'm not quite sure. I, um, when you say Gen X, what do you uh, mean? Ni- I think it's 1960 to 1980, born. Yes, so I'm 88. Oh, okay. So I thought I'd just, I'd just check on the dates there. I'm <laughs> sure. so, so maybe, so for those young, young listeners, could you explain to them what moonwalk means? Yeah, it's the process by taking one small step backwards nice so you pick that (laughs) end goal that desired goal and then rather than having big ambiguous steps you do the very single step before you finish what is it and then you ask what is the very small single step before that that allows you to get there and nice. then you just keep following that process. So you've got lots of different little steps. Excellent. Because so I was thinking of like uh, Michael Jackson's moonwalk. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, That's what comes to my mind. <laughs> and I know because I was I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, who's Michael Jackson? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's probably a very important question then. <laughs> anyway. All right. And so our last one. Our last one is learning and study because our brain is an organ that is designed to help us get what we find meaningful. It's designed to help us move towards what is fulfilling. And anytime we're getting feedback, so we're getting lots of negativity, we're getting a low mood, we're getting low motivation, all of those are feedback that actually we're not going in the direction that we find fulfilling. So when we add learning and study into the mix, you're essentially feeding your brain what it wants to actually stay engaged, to say stay healthy, and to actually expand your awareness. So when we stop learning, our brain essentially starts to regress, whereas when we build learning into the process, then we can keep expanding. So I think everyone loves learning. It's just are you learning about things that you find interesting? And that's a key point. Yeah. Nice. So now could you summarize and share the interconnectedness then of all of the steps? The interconnectedness is that no single approach is likely to leave you feeling confident in the long run. So when we think about long-term sustainable confidence, we need a holistic approach. Yeah. Now, I would also say that there is a seventh step, which I would say is nutrition. The reason I don't put it in there is purely because it's not my area of expertise. So in my book, Six Steps to Self-Confidence, I sort of add a side note for nutrition because I think it's very important, but it's uh, there are people much more qualified than me. So from my perspective, if we can start to introduce these six elements and we start to make them a habit, then very, very quickly we start to build our self-confidence and our self-image expands. Yeah. Nice. And and I also hear that this takes effort. It's not like a magic pill. It's not a wand that we wave and every all of a sudden we're good. This is going to take conscious and concerted effort to, to help ourselves. 
And you've touched on a brilliant point there, which is kind of the, the bit that I round up in terms of the secret ingredient. So if you're someone listening to this and you think, oh, I'd love to exercise, um, but you know, I just don't find the motivation, or I'd love to do more personal development, but I never get around to it. Oh, I'd like to start to meditate, but I just haven't started it yet, or any of the steps. This is what I would recommend you do, because your brain is evaluating any single action that you think about in terms of will it give you more benefits compared to drawbacks relative to your secret ingredient, that thing that you love. So if you can sit down and make a list of all of the ways, the topics, like the steps, will help you in your pursuit of your secret ingredient, usually when your list gets to about 20 to 30 benefits, then you'll start to feel an actual shift in your body. Mm. You'll start to feel a spontaneous inspiration to actually get started. And if you'd like to make it even stronger, coming back to those neural pathways that you mentioned earlier, if you actually then put this on a mind map, so you allow yourself to get a bit artistic, so you start to use more of the right brain and the left brain, so you turn it into a mind map that represents all your benefits, then you essentially create a mood board for yourself that will motivate you going forwards. So for anyone who's struggling with any of the steps, that's a a really powerful exercise that you can do. I love it. And (laughs) neuroscience-based. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So you did mention your book. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about your products and services? My main or my primary book is The Six Steps to Self-Confidence. And I've talked through each of the steps today and I've I've given most of the tools. So there's obviously a lot more in the book, but I like to make the tools as open and available as possible. And the book goes into a little bit of my story and then it guides you on a step-by-step process to create your own system to create your own routine so everything's involved so that can be found on amazon um, and i recommend that you pick up a copy if self-confidence is something you'd like to work for in terms of my services i'm the founder of a program called speak up and stand out which is essentially helping people to build confidence have fun and express themselves so i'm all about having fun while building confidence I love it. And where would people go to find out more about that? The easiest way to find me is on my website, which is www.dannygreavescoaching.com. And all of the information is on there. Excellent. We'll make sure that gets in the disc- uh, the episode description. Wonderful. Now we're at that spot in the episode. So what is your final piece of advice for our listeners? My final piece of advice is changing your perception on challenges. Now, the earlier that you can do this and the earlier you can move your mindset to this way of thinking, the more enjoyable and the more inspiring life will be. So if we think challenges will arrive in our life, whether we ask for them or not, So challenges are non-negotiable. I don't know who made the rules, but apparently that is one of the rules. So in order to give yourself the most confidence and give yourself the most meaning, I'd recommend that you write a list of the challenges that you would love to face. Because the more you fill your life up with challenges that you choose, 
the less your life will fill up with challenges that you don't. Mm, I love that. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about Danny, visit his website at dannygreavescoaching.com. Does your organization need a proven leadership development program? Visit christinaeans.com for more information.